Hey, what's up, guys? This is Zero Fryer Podcast. Um, on the road again this time, and we are heading into the Christmas week. Uh, it's been hectic. I've been doing a lot of stuff recording from the road because I've been working a lot of hours at my job. It's a little bit weird because I don't work multiple hours at once. I tend, I have a broken up shifts because I work at multiple locations and so I'll work at one location and I'll, t- I'll be off and then I'll have like an hour before I go to my next location and I'll be off and you know so on and so forth so I'll work two to three times a day and I'm heading back and forth but right now there's like a two hour two and a half hour break until my next job so I'm just gonna go ahead and go home how's your week been going I'd love to hear from you Visit me over at zeroforhire.com where you can sign up for our Substack and find out about the other projects and endeavors I do on a regular basis. Speaking of which, this episode is sponsored by my website, zeroforhire.com. If you go there today and click on music, you can get my first two EPs, Better Off and Heaven's Hype, for just 99 cents. Just head over to zeroforhire.com and click music and you will see the items up there i also have resonant dissonance for sale on there for a regular price but you can still get better off in heaven type for 99 cents if you haven't already downloaded those eps so lots of stuff going on in the christmas season and i'm asking everyone to send me clips articles things like that i have had some people send me some very interesting things this week uh there's something about a demon portal in detroit that i'm gonna have to look into i don't know what that's about um and i did hear some news that uh donald trump was removed from the republican primary ballot in michigan so um, that goes to show you why we were doing what we were doing when we made the decision to move out of Michigan into Arkansas. Uh, by and large, I haven't had a lot of those weird encounters since we moved. I will say there's a lot more liberals in Arkansas than you think. I just I don't think that they're all insane. I think what you have is a lot of um, uninitiated folks, like politically uninitiated folks. There's a lot of liberals and... Um, I think it's there's there's pockets where there's like a lot of old school liberals. So they're not the they're not the like the new Marxist socialist type people. They're they're these pockets of lib, like a JFK type liberal where they were Democrats, their parents were Democrats, and they're doing stuff the old school way and they're probably just not paying close attention to the news or whatever. And I met a lot of those people uh, when I lived in Mountain View to my surprise because I kind of felt like I was moving from Michigan into the same thing and I didn't like that so we moved up further north and I work in the town of Branson which is in Missouri and Branson is really cool it's kind of like a conservative Las Vegas with no strippers or liquor I mean they sell liquor at you know liquor stores but a lot of places don't serve there's no gambling there's no hookers on the street so it's not totally debauched (laughs) and and a lot of the the theaters have these general policies where they they honor the veterans they honor the first responders Uh, some some have have 
God-glorifying or Christ-glorifying things built into their model. So there's one that says, I stand for the flag, I kneel for the cross. Um, there's another one that has church on Sunday, which I'm planning on attending. I'm very curious to see what their church service is like. So I'm going to probably call and ask about that. Um, and then there's another one. He has a lot of things scattered around. I took a picture where he had a, a MAGA Christmas hat on the Christmas tree out in the lobby. And then there's a sign that says, um, criminals beware. Concealed carry is welcome here. <laughs> you know, a lot of theaters, you're not allowed to conceal carry. Uh, but there's a sign out in the lobby that states openly that you're allowed to conceal carry. And so that's really cool. Um, that culture, have, being in the part of that culture where it's not, you know, virtue signally. It's not, they're not pounding on the table about it, but it is the mainstream culture. Here in Branson is very refreshing. I was nervous. I didn't quite believe it, but, um, you know, my friend Eric Boston was right that there's a lot of that stuff that I was worried about that isn't going to fly here. And there, I'm sure, are some young liberals here, but it seems like everybody is fairly conservative but uninitiated that I've met so far. So there's some there's some people that are very direct about their politics, about the culture that they follow, and then there are some, you know, loose, like, Bible belt type Christians where they're just like the Christian because everybody else is, but there's, you know, there's people that stand on their beliefs. It's been a really good experience and it's been a really good change for me because that's something that I needed to be around. Uh, so next Monday we are going to, well, not next Monday because next Monday is Christmas. I, there's not going to be a whole lot of podcasting this week, not with me working and Christmas and things like that, but I do want to wish uh, a Merry Christmas to you and yours in case I don't get to talk to you before then. But after the new year, um, it's we're either going to start on the new year or after the new year. Um, I have some opportunities to make extra money at work, so I'm probably going to take them up on that. But after new year, we will be starting Monday night streams. We're going to stream for at least a half hour on the 520 Collective YouTube page. And we're going to do that every week. Now, we might also port that Monday night stream over to X. So if you follow us on X.com, you'll be able to watch us there. Uh, we'll see about getting the show up on some other places. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in Rumble because Rumble's getting kind of obnoxious. And um, we just haven't seen any action there. So we're, we're really drawing back on where we're going to broadcast and who we're going to try to capture as an audience, and we're just going to let it run the way that it needs to run. Um, and so every Monday, I, be, I don't remember what the time we set for, uh, it's going to be a Monday night stream. So we'll have it up long before. We're not just going to like set up and run. We'll have like a pre-show thing set up. You can come join us. It's an open door policy, so you can jump in the chat. Um, We'll, we'll be allowing some people to come in the stream and talk with us and things like that. And we're going to have Christian culture and theological discussions. Um, more so Christian cultural discussions. I don't want to get into the theological debates too much. But we are diving into some heavier theological topics on the 520 Collective podcast if you're not subscribed to that. And that's where Eric and KD and I are looking into topics that we, we see as essentials for the Christian faith. Um, and they're topics that you should be talking about, you should be thinking about, or you should at the very least have some sort of 
answer prepared for the inevitable moment when someone asks you about those subjects. And so, like, what kind of subjects you might be asking? Like, baptism or salvation itself or repentance. Those are very basic ones. Uh, the Bible says they're basic, but they're topics that a lot of people don't talk about. And then we're going to have some more complicated issues like ecumenism. Some people see it as heretical, and some people see it as a form of unity. Uh, theodicy. Theosity. I always say it wrong. Um, some people see it as, you know, why it's, it's the argument of why does God let bad things happen to good people? Why does God allow suffering if he's a good God? Uh, those are important conversations. I'm excited about those. We're going to have a whole lot more uh, wrapped into this season. So if you're not subscribed to the 520 Collective Podcast, it's a good time to be subscribed. Um, and with us doing a regular Monday night podcast, that's going to affect my podcasting, obviously. And I might jump on and, and do like an extension here or on the Millennial Rain podcast or something like that. So I talked about Trump. I talked about that stuff. Um, we are going to talk about Lecrae. It's going to be two weeks removed, but Lecrae went on to the Christian Post to defend Lil Nas X. So if you hadn't heard already, Lil Nas X made a post about entering his Christian era. And I guess he's he's planning on making Christian music, but it's like the problem is like it's not actually Christian and he's not a Christian. And so we're like, so what is this even, you know, like, what are you actually doing? What are you actually saying? It's, it's really not good. I don't think that we need to have Christians in our space, displacing other Christian entertainers. The Christian market is very small. And so what you, what you'll have is a lot of mainstream artists or artists with a lot of corporate backing, creating a song specifically for the Christian charts so that they can chart, so they can get that notch on their belt, so they can get that quick controversy. And the trend is it's always an artist who is not not just not Christian, but like adverse to Christianity. So in Lil Nas X's case, you got the gay rapper. Uh, we had that lesbian similar. We had Dax, who's not adverse to Christianity, but he's definitely not a Christian. Um... He's, he says that he believes in Jesus, and I guess there's, I guess there's some talks going on behind the scenes, but, you know, when a, when an artist puts a song out on the Christian radio, and it just has vaguely Christianese type language, but it's not really about anything, that's not good, man, that's the problem, and that's what, that's what these songs are, and, and, and in a way, that's what a lot of indie market people have been asking for, is they want to write songs about their feelings and emotions and their struggles. And it's like, yeah, but nobody wants to hear that. You know, and I think we all have to learn that at a certain time because maybe that's just a, a, a fad or a phase that we all go through as art, as artists. Is we think that people want to hear about our depression. And they don't. They actually want you to not be depressed and to, you know, serve your audience. No matter what kind of audience, artist you are, you should be seeking to serve your audience I mean, you do one for me, one for them. One for me, one for them. You can you can do that. And so, I don't know what's going on with, with Christian music or the gatekeepers or the market or any of that. I just, I just know things are not great. Things are not stable. If they're letting Lil Nas X come in and make music where he calls on angels. Yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not super good. 
And so I'm just getting ready for Christmas here and, um, you know, spending time with my family and enjoying the blessings that God has blessed us with reviewing this year. Uh, New Year's is coming up and that's a big time in my life as a Christian. Uh, That's when I got saved. That's when I made my commitment to Christ was on New Year's Day and that was many, many moons ago and I've been... I think 2010 is the is the year that we're looking at. Or it might have been sooner. It might have been 2008, 2005. I'm going to have to really sit down and remember what year that was. I just know that every year, that's when I set aside time to reflect on the year that, you know, the, to see the growth that God has made, given me, the things that he's taught me there, throughout the year. And it's a lot. Um with this little Nas X thing, I brought that up because Lecrae was defending something. I don't know. It wasn't like when Lil Nas X came out and he was doing the Christian music, we were like, he's not a Christian though, and he's not making Christian music. It doesn't even reflect our values. Somehow Lecrae interpreted that as we're condemning him to hell because reasons. And I think like there's a level of conflation there, but he's also like immediately moving the goalpost. And this really bothers me because he's answering a question that we're not asking and he's arguing a point that no one's arguing. We're not talking about his salvation. Uh, We're not talking about him going to hell. Like it's implied because he's not a believer. He's adversarial to the faith. That's all he talks about whenever whenever Christianity comes up it becomes, he makes it, uh, Lil Nas X makes it himself a conversation about how he feels like unwelcome in the church because of his lifestyle. And then people say, yeah, yeah, that's actually really a big barrier. That's a big part of the problem. But he's not willing to let go or change his lifestyle. So it just remains the same. And that's not us condemning him. That's acknowledging what he's already knows. Um, I like to bring up the scripture where Jesus is talking about how he didn't come to condemn the world. The world was already condemned. And he's showing them the standard. And when we do the same thing, we get we get a finger wagging from Lecrae saying, you're not allowed to condemn people because they have a proclivity to a certain sin and they were born this way. And he starts making this totally different argument. And nobody's making that argument. The argument we're making is Lil Nas X is not a Christian. Therefore, he shouldn't be making Christian music in the Christian market. It's a very simple. That's a very simple thing, concept. It's, but you don't you don't need to get all into whether or not he's gay or whether or not he's becoming a Christian or repenting or any. Those things are implied, yes. But that's not the main part of the conversation. He's just moving the goalpost to try to argue that point and to get people into twisted theological knots where they have to work through concepts they haven't thought through very clearly case in point we're going to be talking about that on a monday again like i said probably not this monday because it's christmas but uh apparently me and big swiss have some disagreement about original sin i'm guessing is what it is i'm gonna go ahead and go out on a limb and guess that he's arguing in favor of original sin and so this is the year that I'm going to have to go in and dust off the theological chops because we're getting into heavy questions, heavy conversations, and we're going to have to start talking about this stuff. 
yet again because this is not a shot at Swiss or anybody else. This is just a reality. What people do is they get mentored by a faction. So they learn things one way. They learn it from the seminary or from the pastor or from the group that they're a part of. And they learn to interpret the Bible in the way that reflects the values of that particular faction, that seminary, that group, that denomination, that pastor, whatever. And then you get pigeonholed into that way of thinking. And that's the only way you ever see scripture. So if you have any misgivings, any any objections or whatever, you write it off as like there's something wrong with you where there really and most likely is something wrong with the method of interpretation that you're using, not the, just the method, but the final conclusion that you're coming to. And so what we have is these theological ideas that are set stone because they're a str- such a strong part of a denomination or a faction or whatever, a concept like original sin, that when you don't bother to go through and parse it out for what it actually means and what the implications are, then you end up having to own a bunch of really bad implications. And so those are things that I'm going to be discussing when we have that conversation. And that's that's the reason why I reject a cons- an idea like that. So the reason I'm harping on original sin is to say Lil Nas X was born in sin, therefore he was born gay. All of that is wrapped up in the concept of original sin. And in, in KD's words, he's saying, you're saying that God made a mistake. God made Lil Nas, Lil Nas X gay, and therefore it's wrong to condemn him for being gay because he was born that way. First of all, that's not true. Second of all, that's not the argument I'm going to make. Um, and I'm going to fight you on it. Because I don't think that God made anybody gay. I don't think that people are born in sin the way that they keep insisting they are. And when we go back and we look at, when you learn to interpret Romans a certain way, and then us, and then you get challenged, the only thing you can do is reassert the view that you've already learned and say it louder. Because you don't know how to parse it. You don't know how to take it apart. And, and, and look at the fact that, like, Paul is speaking in run, long, long, run-on sentences with multiple parenthetical breaks. Which means he doesn't always finish a thought before starting a new one. And then he has to start over after he's finished his parenthetical thought. Case in point, the, the part about clay pots or vessels of wrath or whatever you want to look at it. Um, that is full of parenthetical breaks that people don't want to acknowledge. They want to make it all one man. I can get into it. So that's, that's one of the big projects this year, dusting off the theological chops to be able to better explain this stuff. This is stuff that people have wanted me to talk about for a long time. And now I finally get a chance to not only do it, but to bounce these ideas off other people and have some discussion in real time. So I think you guys are going to enjoy that. I think you're going to enjoy the updates. Um, you know, Lecrae and Lil Nas X, we'll talk about that more deeply when we do our first Monday night stream. And if you're not subscribed to 520 Collective on YouTube, I, su- I suggest you do that now. We'd like to get up to a thousand subscribers so we can start monetizing our videos. And we can't do that if people aren't subscribing. And so we're putting all our eggs in that basket. Uh, I, th- I felt like there was something else that I wanted to bring up on the podcast as an update here. Oh, the pod, uh, the comic book 
is kind of on hiatus. I'll have to maybe talk about that a little bit later on another one. It's not on... Okay, so we got the character turnarounds, and I'm going to post those on Substack this week. Uh, We're having some translation errors. And so, like, what I have written in the script, it's, it's not really in a format that works for the comic artist. And so now we have an extra step where I have to get that worked out and he's going to be formatting it in the best way he understands and then we'll go back and I guess renegotiate or re you know rework how he interprets it um whatever it takes to get a clear story because this is the foundation for the entire comic book and I have a lot of stories that are going to be based on this so I really want to make sure I get it right so we're doing that also I'm a little frustrated because after working this out as a comic it looks like it's only the first couple scenes of the first episode that I have written that are going to make it into the comic because of page restraints. If the but the story is slow paced in the beginning and it just ha- that's the way it is. I can't if I rush the story, it's not going to pay off. And so I, I really I would rather go for robust than than a cheap you know rush. Rather go for robust than rushed. I don't know. I have to workshop that phrase a little bit, but that's the idea here. <laughs> Um, let's see, do I have anything on my list here? I talked to you guys about being deprogrammed from not watching TV a lot. And since then, I started watching more movies and more TV programs. One of which, we've been talking, We've been, my wife and I have been watching the second season of a show called Pantheon. So Pantheon is about a corporation called Logarithms that figured out how to scan a human brain into a computer and upload it. They call, they're called UIs, Uploaded Intelligence. And so in the beginning of the first season, you have this salesman who's trying to sell the idea to other corporations. Um, you find out that there's something of an arms race, very similar to the AI arms race that we have in our own culture right now. And they're saying artificial intelligence is dead. UI is the way of the future. And so they take a couple of really brilliant people scan their brains into computers and then ramp up the speed of which they work and they start looping the brain looping the day the work day so they're just constantly working at an incredibly high speed they don't get physically tired well the problem they run into is that human brain decays over time and they don't know how to fix that because it's part of the code and so season two is all about trying to fix that what they call the flaw so that they can upload people and they'll live forever as long as they're in a server. <laughs> so it's really interesting and everything, but like some things about the show, it got cut from AMC for whatever reason. They haven't really stated it. Why it's just like a part of budget cuts. And so you have to really dig around to find it. So there's only two ways that I know you can get the show. One, you can sign up for Amazon Prime and use a, um, what's the thing where it changes your region? on your browser and make it it spoofs your IP to make it look like you're watching from a different country because it's available in Australia and New Zealand which are technically English speaking countries um it's a uh, what is it called it spoofs your IP and it makes it look like you're watching TV from a different country so you can use that or you can pirate it and then um and if you pirate it then you have to find a reliable website that's not going to give you a virus so 
I guess those are the only ways to do it. So without disclosing anything, my wife and I are three episodes into the second season. I'm already kind of pissed because they do these things where they make these little cultural commentary, I guess, in the plot. And it's, it's one, it's disingenuous and it's untrue. And so it's part of the spell of television. So they have this lady who she's been through some stuff. She lost her husband. He was the, he was one of the first people uploaded. He was technically murdered and she's mad. And so they call her into Congress to answer testimony or in front of the Senate. And in this Senate hearing, they only have a few senators that she's talking to. They're like sitting up at the front of the room and then she's sitting down. But then they also have this thing where there's just this belligerent a-hole who just keeps screaming that it's a hoax and that she has no evidence. And he's the Republican. And we know that he's the Republican because he signed us. One, he kind of has a Texan accent. Two, he talks like what TV thinks military people talk like. Now you just listen here. This is, you know, like that. And then three, he literally says, I and my Republican colleagues, something, something, something. And he's the only politician in the entire show to identify himself as a Republican. So they want to reflect Republicans as these belligerent a-holes who interrupt someone's testimony repeatedly because they think it's a hoax. Right? That's that's Republicans. And then, according to the show, Republicans carpet bomb the media in order to control the narrative because we all know how good Republicans are at controlling the narrative, especially in the media. I mean, basically, the media is just a bunch of Republicans that just don't want people to know the truth, right? It's so ridiculous. Like, if you haven't picked up on the sarcasm in my voice, that's not how it works. All of media is a bunch of liberals. All of television has been left-leaning up until very recently. And the media controls the narrative on behalf of liberalism. Like, they, they don't even need marching orders. They just do it. So it's frustrating to see them making these claims like this is what Republicans are or and this is what Republicans do because it couldn't be further from the truth. But it the, the show chose to write it this way and they chose to insert the, the Republicans are the ones doing this. They could have just left it as Senator such and such who's an a-hole. No, they want you to know that it's Republicans doing this. So that's how they're framing it. And then you have the female Senator who's, I guess, helping right now, but I don't trust anybody in this show. Then there's the element where everybody, it's an Amazon Prime show right now. I mean, it was written for AMC, but it's one of those shows where all the characters have to be miserable all the time. And it's hard to get through because the plot is getting pretty good right now. So, like I said, I'm only at the end. Of, we're going to start episode four. Probably going to watch it right now while I eat my dinner. And um, that's where we're at. I hate that. I hate that they're doing that. But, you know, it's it's what they do, man. And then, like, at the end of season one on episode eight, they play this version of... Uh, don't dream it's over. No. Hey now, hey now, don't dream it so. But it's all in a minor key and it has like epic, you know, Lord of the Rings back, you know, soundtrack to it. And it sounded kind of cool. And they were singing through vocoders so it sounded all digitized and everything. And I went and found the song and it turned out to be this acapella group that's all a bunch of like gay liberals. And they were using it as 
the soundtrack to go vote. They do. They have this short version of the video where it crescendos and then it just says vote. And like everything has to be political with these people. They can't just write a show about transhumanism without throwing their politics in, which is what ruins storytelling. It's ruining things. And I'm trying to really make sure that I do not do this with my storytelling um, because it just doesn't need to be done, man. Like I was talking to a friend and he, he, he kind of assumes that I'm writing my show for conservative Christians and that's not really the case. Like I am actually writing it for everyone. I'm writing it from a Christian worldview. And as we get deeper into the plot, there are things that I want to play with and address, but I'm going to do it from a Christian worldview. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm writing the show for Christians or that I'm writing it for conservative Christians. I'm writing a good story and I'm hoping that everyone can find something to enjoy about it. It just so happens that if you hold to a Christian worldview, there are elements that are much more potent and that just really hit harder. Like one thing, and then I'll let, and then I'll let you guys go. One thing that really hits hard when you look at it from a Christian perspective is the age of the earth. If you take a young earth creationist perspective, then you get to implement Genesis 6 into your storytelling where the angels come down and they take the wives of men as or they take the daughters of men as wives. And so then you have all these weird like you know superpower people because there's like this spiritual element because they're part angels. And then you're like, how did the angels? And then you have to work out all these reasons as to how that could even work. And it's an interesting conversation, but it's really, really great uh, vehicle for storytelling. And so when you, even in real life, like I just saw a video where somebody found a giant skull of a dinosaur and they're like, it's 750 billion years old. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's 6,000 years old. It's 7,000 year old max because I'm a young earth creationist. And that, and that history has way deeper implications with, with dinosaurs, with bones, with dragons, or whatever you want to look at it, and mankind having to contend with those things. It makes me think, like, what kind of men did we have to be in order to contend with dragons and monsters? You know, they had to be real men. And then I think about, maybe we see all these supernatural sightings because these creatures know that it's okay to rear their ugly heads because the men of today are weak and they're not going to do anything about it. I also like to play out with this idea that maybe there's like an, an order or government agency or something who's it's their job to deal with cryptids and, and mythological creatures. And so these are all things that I want to play around with. And I'm doing it from the, you know, a young earth creationist perspective. I'm not giving you 750 billion years. No, I'm giving you 7,000, which means that men and dinosaurs lived on the earth at the same time. And it was a problem that we actually had to deal with. And anytime I brought this up, it makes sense to me because if I'm a farmer and this friggin' dragon keeps eating my sheep, I'm going to kill the dragon. I'm sorry. It keeps eating my sheep and I need that to live and feed my family. So it's my family or the dragon. Dragon's got to go. So I'll get all my little farmer buddies together. We'll get some pitchforks and we're going to go find this thing and kill it because it's nuisance. I think that's what is closer to the truth. Anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. I will uh, see you next next week, most likely, with, a, with another update of what's going on as I get 
more plans. Actually, I'm going to take next week off because it's Christmas and New Year's, but I'll chime in at some point and just drop you guys a line. Uh, jump in any of the comment sections. Let me know what you think. And please don't forget to download your copy of Better Off or Heaven's Hype for 99 cents. Go to my website, zeroforhire.com. I will talk to you soon and stay holy.